0: Hey there, romance nerds. Welcome back to yet another episode of Raging Romantics. We are so happy you've chosen to listen to us today because we have a special (gasps) guest star. Woo! Please welcome to the stage the one, the only, Leah Koch from the Ripped Bodice Bookstore. Hello! Hello. (laughs) Yay! All right. So without further ado, let's go ahead and let's dive right in.
1: Hey there, Romance
0: Nerds! Welcome to another episode of Raging Romantics. I'm Jen. I'm Jackie. We are librarians at Northern Onondaga Public Library, and we are also Romance Nerds. Now, if you're wondering what this podcast is about... Romance!
1: romance! So with that being said, sometimes our material will be a little too sensitive
0: for younger readers. If you feel the need to wait until they go to bed, we will be here for you. We would also like to issue just a general trigger warning for some of the things that we do talk about. We will always try to issue specific trigger warnings for each episode so that you know what you're getting into. Now, are you ready, Jen? Oh, I've been ready, Jackie. All right. Let's rage. Jackie
1: yes why shouldn't you fall in love with a pastry chef
0: oh no why (laughs) he'll desert you we've established I like pastry chefs okay (laughs) I liked it I thought it was good (laughs) I think it's my best one yet. she's got a lot of them yeah I'm really
1: glad you didn't waffle on that (laughs) that was beautiful thank you very much thank
0: Mm -hmm. you um yeah so we're excited to be here today tonight whatever time it is you guys are listening to this because like i said we have a special guest tonight with leah from the ripped bodice bookstore the world's very first romance only bookstore in los angeles leah welcome thank you <laughs> happy to be here yes, thank you and you're celebrating our birthday with us we are exactly one year old with this podcast mm-hmm. so thank you happy birthday thank, thank you. you that's
2: so exciting what am I supposed to get you a gift made out of cake <laughs> or, or something no,
0: it's okay know. Jen that's gave okay. me cake earlier today so it's all good <laughs>
1: it's all good we had our birthday cake yes excellent
0: yes, yes. um but yeah, so if you listened to our last episode, dear listeners, you would know that we have been talking about the history of the romance genre as a whole. And you listen to me, you have a big old history nerd out session and I took Jen all the way back to medieval history. Don't worry, yeah, it was today, super fun. Today we're going to talk about more current affairs, which is why we have Leah with us today to get her professional opinion on what it means to be part of Romance Landia. In 2021.
1: Oh boy! Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know it's kind of a heavy order. I'll try.
0: <laughs> it's all good. There's mm-hmm. no professional, actual, real answers here. I don't think a lot of it is just opinion with with everything. So let's go ahead. And Leah, do you want to introduce yourself first off in the bookstore as well? Sure. My name is Leah
2: Koch. I am one of the owners of the Rip Bodice Bookstore in Los Angeles, California. The other one is b Koch. We're not married. We're related. Oh. Uh, we are sisters. P- sometimes people are like, you know what I do? Like siblings are dating. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh, married or sisters? Uh, we're sisters. <laughs> and um, we have been open for five and a half years. Um, wow. So we opened in March of 2016. We're located in a neighborhood in Los Angeles called Culver City, which is a lovely Little spot, um, please come visit us. But we can also be found, you know, many places on the interweb. You do not have to, uh, you know, make the trek out to California in order to interact with us, hang out with us. Whatever. I
0: think the library should pay for Jen and I to go for research purposes. I
1: think we need to visit. I
0: mean, it's cheerful.
1: I do think the Facebook and the Instagram are very cheerful, and I do feel uplifted when I'm on there. But I think in person obviously in person. I think we need to go check it out. Yeah, That is true. Check it out. We are new-ish
2: to TikTok. Uh, we're we're figuring it out. I will not tell you the average time it takes us per video. It's <laughs> Well, We're like, yes. how did that 12-year-old do that? Like, cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. Uh, so we're working on that. Um, right. We specialize in romance novels, obviously. And um, consider, you know, ourselves to be um, a home and a destination for romance lovers of all kinds. Um, we really, I feel like we get customers every day that are more, a, a more diverse crowd than anyone might expect in terms of age, gender, race, Sexual orientation, economic uh, background, all those things—we um, really see all different kinds of people and animals.
1: It's not people. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, if you have a pet, the chances are we know the pet's name and we don't know your name. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Because <laughs> we get excited when we see them coming. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, I think you know. I we are excited to. I'm this is a problem I always use the royal we because I like tend to speak on behalf of B and I so I'll just say I (laughs) I am excited to talk uh all things romance
0: that's exciting and Jen and I I use the royal we when talking about Jen and I too so I'm getting an idea of this relationship dynamic it's I love it it's great (laughs) so with the ripped bodice how did you come up with the name first off
2: It was, I'm going to give B credit on this one um, because we basically stole it from her master's thesis. Um, So she has a master's in fashion history and wrote her thesis on the use of clothes in historical romance novels. And it was called Mending the Ripped Bodice. I love it. Where she got that from. I don't really know. I mean, so romance novels were historically called bodice rippers in a mainly derogatory right. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and because her thing was about the clothes, like presumably. And then when we were naming the store, we were sort of like, well, you already did it. And it's not like
1: mm-hmm.
2: your master's thesis is that famous. Not that it's <laughs> not great. Um, so we stole it from, from there. And, you know, we wanted to, to us, it encapsulated so many of the things we wanted, which was to pay homage, homage, whatever, to the history of the genre Mm -hmm. and recognize right from the outset, other people think this is whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to use this term as a bad thing, well, you don't get to do that. It's not up to you. So we're going to take it and use it as a good thing.
0: I mean, you're talking to- Raging romantics yeah. over here. Yeah, <laughs> all it. about, you know, reclaiming language
2: and um, just, uh, you
1: know, choosing how you want to use it. It's just such a fun, playful way to do it, too. To Because I, I still get a lot of people that come into the library and they're like, oh, you guys read those books? And it's just such a fun way to kind of turn their expectations
0: around.
2: Yeah, agreed. And that's, that's certainly the goal. Mm-hmm.
0: And now has a book out too, right? Yes. Um, I'm, I'm her
2: unofficial press agent, so I'll <laughs> buy, this is great. Um, you should get Mad and Bad, The Real Heroines of the Regency by B. Koch. You can get it at any bookstore and a library, but you can, if you want a signed copy, you can get it from the Ripped Bodice, um, and she will autograph it just for you, um, it is a pop history book meant for people of all knowledge backgrounds. So you do not have to be a historian. You do not have to know anything about the Regency. Um, you shall, you know, you'll start from the beginning. But if you do know something about the Regency, I think you would enjoy it also. Because I, even if you know what I, my guess is, you think is a lot about the Regency. My guess is there is. At least one, probably more of these people that you have not heard of, because the whole point of the book is to explore women, yes, but mainly women from all different kinds of groups of people that are historically left out of the historical record.
0: And I will put a link for it in the show notes. Um, and then if you go back and listen to our Regency episode from, I don't know, like April. May or June, April, something like that. I also mentioned the book in that episode. So everybody go listen to that. Go buy the book. <laughs> learn new things about Regency and especially Regency Romance because Bridgerton season two is coming out soon. So we all need to prep up on that. Um, so with the bookstore, I just have one final question about it. Is there a grand opening story? like? A grand, how did you guys get started? Or what did made you, you mean, decide? like a literal
2: grand opening?
0: Oh, like- <laughs> no, I mean, so what made you decide to open a romance bookstore in LA? Jen's knocking her mic over.
1: <laughs> I caught it. It's <laughs> fine. It's helpful.
2: At this point, the answer has changed over the years. <laughs> and at this point, the answer is the naivete of youth. Mm. <laughs> I the farther I get, the older I get, and the farther I get from it, I'm like, how, why, what, how, and it would not happen now. We were very young, obviously, I'm still young, but the, truly the belief of young people that they can do whatever they want, whenever they want, and Eh, And who cares about money and permits (laughs) and real things and insurance? You'll figure that out later. And we did figure it out later, obviously. But I truly think the biggest contributing factor was sheer will, that we were just like, this is going to happen. We're going to make it happen. And I think that is something unique to youth. Um, Why did we want to do it? Because nobody else was doing it. And um, we, at that point, the only other romance bookstore we knew of in the world was in Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never been to Australia. One day I'd like to go there. Um, That's our next research trip. Yeah. Um, And honestly, it just seemed like a huge oversight to us. And, and like... You know, when you start to dig into it, you have to imagine, you know, the number of people who want to open an independent bookstore is very, very small. And then think about the number of those people who would want to do one only devoted to romance. And you get four people, (laughs) me and B, and the women who own Love Sweet Arrow in Chicago. Exactly. There are four of us. (laughs) Um, One day there might be more. Um, But, you know, we just, we... again and this is you know this is definitely I mean I still feel this way but it's particularly to young
1: people it's like well this is what I like why isn't there something for what I like um I've read in an interview you had a great quote a couple years ago about how you felt like since comic book stores could succeed so well in mid-sized towns that there's no way a romance kind of store could fail in a place like 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 California I loved that kind of sentiment because it's so right like I wouldn't even question like the comic book store down the road and I don't live anywhere special I live in the middle of nowhere New York (laughs) and And, it's doing just fine
2: a lot of uh, there are cookbook bookstores books are probably like the 15th best-selling genre Mm -hmm. I mean it's like way down the list yeah um right and in as big of a city as we are in um that definitely played a factor um but yeah other genre bookstores you know were certainly instrumental in convincing us if they could do it, we could do it.
0: I love that sentiment. I mean, that's us, Jen and I, with the podcast. Let's do it. I forced <laughs> her to do it though. So
1: I just feel, it feels like too you had a lot of support because reading about you guys in the beginning, I found a lot of interviews you gave in like 2016, 2017 where you talked about how Kickstarter like just really helped propel you. And you had all of these romance lovers from just like everywhere help out and just, they really wanted to have this kind of thing exist in the States. Yeah. I, know, I thought that was sure. kind of beautiful that all these people that wouldn't even get to come to the store were like, we're just like, yes, let's let this exist. I, I don't Absolutely.
2: know. I mean, I think, you know, we had like 700 something original Kickstarter backers and a fraction of them actually live in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, that's because we're so genre specific and it just didn't exist. There were a lot of people who, you know, said, I, I think this has value and I would love to support it and be a part of it, even if it might be three years or five years or never um, that I get to go, but we still have people
1: coming in who say, you know, I was one of your
0: original. Oh, oh, that's awesome. And this is the
2: first time I've
1: made it out to LA. Wow. So. I really love that about a lot of romance uh, lovers that, that we're so enthusiastic about the genre and we're so supportive. <laughs> we don't have that. a problem just, with like, that. Yeah, I just i I don't see that in a lot of the other genres in the library. We are Sparks. not black boy, I think, outside <laughs> of children. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah, that's great. And with the bookstore, I mean, obviously you carry romance books. What kind of romance books do you guys carry? As much as many different things as possible. That's the
2: goal. So um, any, I'm always excited by people who are doing something new and, and by people who don't fit, some who write something that doesn't necessarily fit into something that we already have. So basically we divide the store into four major categories, contemporary, historical, paranormal, and erotica. Those are the big ones. Then, you know, within historical, you've got every time period from, I guess the oldest is probably like Viking-ish, maybe ancient Rome. Honestly, somebody's written like biblical stuff, but that's not really my jam. Um, all the way to, at this point, probably, you know, about the sixties is the end, um, I know, actually know of a couple series, there's like one or two series that are like 70s or 80s. Um, so, you know, that entire spam. And then, you know, we get, the interesting thing is people ask for things in their own way. And, and so some people are really into tropes. Some people are really into, um, you know, say in paranormal, like you've got shifters and vampires and werewolves and witches and aliens and dragons and mermaids and- and 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 so they're like I want aliens, or you know someone comes in and they're like I want friends to lovers in any I don't care what sub genre I that's what I like friends to lovers. Um, so within those big categories, you know there's a million more categories, and the goal is to have you know as many. Different kinds of people represented both within the pages of the book and then on the back of the book as the person who wrote the book. (laughs) Um, A lot of times those overlap, but not always. Um, So, you know, we try to have as big of a queer section as possible. And I think it will only continue to get bigger um, and have more, you know, different sexualities and gender identities represented within that. Um, Same goes for race and disability and religion. And um, so I guess the answer to what kind of romance books do you have is
0: good ones. (laughs) There you go. Good ones that people want to buy. (laughs) So no Nicholas Sparks, noted. Um, No,
2: Uh, also like uh, not to throw any shade, but like most of the
1: time they do not have a happy ending because someone literally always down.
0: Mm-hmm. the dog always
1: dies someone always dies <laughs> he's very frustrating because he insists he doesn't write romance and I yeah. guess to an extent he doesn't but he just feels like one of those male authors that very much looks down on the genre
2: so and we kind of we make fun
1: of him all that's the time.
2: fine romance is a self-selecting genre if you don't want to be included godspeed I have no desire to yeah. force mm-hmm. And this happens every couple of years. I feel like some big author like kind of breaks out and they're like, oh, no, no, no. Fine. Go, go away. <laughs> go away. Go away. <laughs> That's fine. That's mm-hmm. fine. But don't come crawling back in a right. few years and be like, well, where'd y'all go? Mm-hmm. Because you didn't want us. So we don't want
0: you. Yeah.
2: Um, also, let it's just be noted that Nicholas Sparks has a really, really terrible reputation of
1: oh, yeah, he sucks. homophobia.
2: Oh, um, yeah. So aside
0: from whatever you think of the books, the guy is, he's not a
2: great guy. Mm
0: -mm. Leah said what Jen and I have been wanting to say for many episodes past.
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean, I love it. Him and James Patterson. You've got the person on who's gonna say whatever
2: they want to say. I love it. I Uh, mean, if if Nicholas Sparks wants to come fight me, he can feel free, (laughs) but it's kind (laughs) of far away. And uh, I don't think he really likes- gay people so I don't think he'd like me that much Um, (laughs) object to my non-feminine haircut um
0: I don't know (laughs) I love it um so all types of romance that's great what about indie pub versus traditional pub because that's something Jen and I keep talking about is we keep coming back to Kindle Unlimited because we're big Kindle Unlimited sluts so do you guys carry indie pubs yes it's a good question, and it's
2: part of, I'm re- going to try really hard not to get too much into inside baseball of publishing, because no one cares but me, um, and people who work at libraries, and other bookstores, because romance has not always had the greatest um, relationship with the independent bookstore community, and it's for a lot of reasons, um, One only one of which is that a lot of really good romance is self-published or independently published or like smaller presses. And a lot of independent bookstores won't carry that stuff. Mm -hmm. Generally for financial reasons, um, most self-published books, you cannot return. So if it sits on the shelf for two years, you're, you just out the money. Um, I think there are bookstores that are changing those policies. It was never an option for us to not carry self-published books, because if you don't carry self-published books, you're, I mean, I guess it was an option, but um, you're going to have 100% less queer books and books by non-white authors because right. for so long they've been kept out of traditional publishing that they flocked to independent publishing and independent publishing also, or self-publishing, whatever we want to call it, does not have the bad reputation that it does for other um, genres. Because in romance, at least if you're not dumb, you recognize that there are reasons someone could not get published beyond your book is bad. And they're often that you are Black or gay or both. Are so, you writing
0: too much sexy time.
2: Um, sure. Um, so we, yes, yeah, so we carry a ton of self-published um, books um, and definitely smaller presses as well. Um, you know, I feel like it's an interesting, I feel like in the five and a half years we've been open, you know, like a, dozen small presses have opened and closed Um, and there's like a lot of movement and it's definitely, you know, a hard part of the industry to be in. But um, yes, we carry um, books from publishers as big as, you know,
1: HarperCollins to as small as one person in their garage. (laughs) Since you've been in business for five years, have you noticed a big growth in kind of like demand for the indie pub over the mainstream? Are more people aware without you even having to to like recommend maybe?
2: Yeah, I think, well, and okay, here's the thing uh, that's the difference between being a physical bookstore and somebody shopping on their phone or computer or Kindle or whatever. I often hear from people, I didn't realize this was self-published or because, you know, most people don't care (laughs) um, where something is published. They care if it's good. so, and it's interesting to see people, you know, who are used to reading digitally will come into the store and be like, oh, it's interesting to see like what this looks like in person, you know, because I'm just used to like seeing a picture of it on my phone. Um, so I think, and I I would say these days, and I've especially seen this from book talk, um, it's equal opportunity what book is going to pop and become super talked about. i'm sure the minotaur book (laughs) there's a lot of examples um (laughs) it doesn't matter where it's from Mm -hmm. um so we've seen self-published books go viral and big publishers right um it's really exciting yeah i think um the average reader doesn't care Mm
0: -hmm. um
2: they just want they care they care they i mean they're discerning that if you hand them a book that looks like shit like because someone didn't do a good job on their self-published cover, like they're, we can tell that. And we do a lot, you know, there are many, many, many books, self-published books we don't carry because they don't look good enough. Um, good self-published authors put a lot of time and energy into making their books look really good. And you want to get to the point where someone cannot tell. Um, obviously you can look at, logo or whatever but the goal your goal should be that an average person I can obviously tell but an average person should not be able to tell um, that you have self-published something if they're holding a physical book um, in person
1: I think that's a really good point because as librarians we still get all of these weird self-published novels donated that yeah. they think we're gonna be so thrilled to put in the the stacks oh, yeah. <laughs> Just... we get them too <laughs>
2: It explicitly says on our website, do not send us your book. Mm -hmm. So first of all, you ignored the directions. So then the, literally the books that we get are so bananas. (laughs) (laughs) And I often want to say, I literally, I pull it out of the envelope and I say, do you know what a book is? (sighs) Like, this does not look like a book. (laughs) What do
1: you think this is? Yeah, we get crazy stuff all the time. Um great, too. You have a lot of authors that are actually writing their books in your store sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think the last interview I said there had been two. Has that number gone up? Oh, yeah. There's probably a bunch
2: by now. I mean, unfortunately, we're going to lose like two years in our timeline because obviously, you know, no one's going to come is allowed. And Demi Lovato, yeah. sit there now. Um, but yes, I mean, mainly pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, we had a fantastic rotating, um, you know, crew of local authors who, you know, would sort of get bored of a coffee shop and come um, hang out for a while. So a bunch of Sarah Kuhn and Rebecca Weatherspoon's books have been written. Oh, that's long. neat! I love um, Rebecca I Weatherspoon. She's the best. Um, she she used to work for us for a while. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, that's she was a bookseller, really and then was doing well enough that she yeah. was like, "I got to go write full time." And we were like uh okay <laughs> bad for us oh cool um, our and sarah um we had a puppy that we loved very much and was very in love with sarah who writes this fantastic romantic urban fantasy series um, oh okay yeah heroin, um, heroin complex um yep. and fits that dog who's now deceased but he's Aww. on the cover of book Oh, uh, and that's
1: that was so- very exciting <laughs> that's so fun that's such a uh, nice tribute I know that's because oh, yeah. that's we going to be there forever.
2: We are excited about that. I also have a list of books that we are mentioned in. Um, so like Jen McKinley wrote this book about a romance bookstore, I think in North Carolina, maybe it's a fiction, obviously. Um, and at the beginning of the book, the people are like, we want to open a store like the Rip Bottas. Um, and we were like, we oh, cool. <laughs> um, and then there's a fun one. Um, Jennifer Probst. Um, oh, okay. Did, I for, it was actually really funny. It was like, there was a book somebody needed to hide for like to keep it safe. And in the book they're like, we're gonna send it to the ripped bodice and they're gonna like keep it safe for us. Oh, um, love it. And I was like, I'm honored. <laughs> um, so yeah. so what I'm
0: hearing is I need to include the ripped bodice somehow into my book. Okay, Please, yes, Will we'll do we would, we would love it. Um you'll, you we keep a we keep a list, so let us know. Okay, I will. That's so fun. All right. So well, we've talked about crazy things. We've talked about indie pub. We've talked about traditional pub, self-publishing, however you want to talk about it. Um, and are there any like current publishing trends or book trends that you guys at the bookstore perceive to be like they're the next big thing?
2: I get. It. Everybody asked me this question and I'm just not a good person to answer it's it. Okay. I try um one time, like really early on. I literally I think we do them for a month, and I like they asked me to come to some conference, and I was literally like, I don't believe in trends. And then I looked down and realized I was at the like <laughs> trend forecasters conference. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oops. Um, I guess that's your job. Um so, I mean, yes, but everything is a trend. I mean, obviously, I mean obviously. so I try not, I feel like people freak out about trends and they're like, this is going to take over. I'm like, no, it's not. It's going to go away. Like Eventually. everything is a trend. It ebbs and flows. You can see it in really big ways. Like, you know, paranormal is the easiest way to understand this you know, for the two years after Twilight came out, like it was all paranormal all the time. Now in 2021, they are publishing books that are not either the first in a series or a new series, AKA it's not book like 27, like four. Like so few new paranormals are coming out.
0: And they're usually the same
2: author. And it will go back up again at some Mm -hmm. point something will happen in pop culture that will make it go back up so that one's like really easy to identify um you know we've been in a rom-com thing for a while now um that will continue for a while (laughs) um and then fizzle out then come back you know um i'm sorry it's not a very interesting answer but
1: um, i feel like it's been aliens lately Yes. If we were going to go do a trend, I've been seeing a lot of aliens and I'm starting to see an uptick in monsters.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that's influenced by um, TikTok Book, BookTok's <laughs> willingness to respond. The crazier something is, right. the more intimate people are. Right. Um, so um, literally, I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Today, a woman came into the store and she said, I want paranormal. And I was kind of like asking her a few questions. And she and she literally said. I want to be on a plane and make my seatmate as uncomfortable as possible. She's <laughs> because... living the dream. And I said, doing okay, that." incredible. I said, you obviously only have one option. Here is Ice Planet Barbarians. Yes. Today. yes. Like what? My, that's it. so easy. My job is so easy. And she bought it and she was
0: thrilled. Um, that is a real. She story. should be. I love it. Um, it happened today. <laughs> I force Ice Planet Barbarians on anybody who comes into the library. Yeah. It's my favorite. I love um, it. Really. But yeah. I know it's out there. <laughs> yeah, that's great. anyway.
2: Sorry, I don't have a very good answer about. No, it's
1: okay. No, it's. An, I think it's a good answer because you're right. It's a very easy question, and it's something that people ask us all the time. And it's kind of like it ebbs and flows. It goes in cycles. Oh. They'll they'll like vampires will rise again. Right now they're dead. Right now it's billionaires and, also, and aliens. I mean, the the truth is for me personally, like
2: I always want the thing that isn't the trends. Like not that there can't be great things coming out of those but you know i want to see the person who's going to be the first of the next thing right. mm-hmm. so um and you know this gets into like why it gets hard to publish things if there's no mm. what's called a comp um mm-hmm. like short for comparison um so but like the first one is the that's the most interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the person who dared to do something different. Right. Um, so whenever you're in the middle of like a really intense trend,
0: um, I'm like, I want the opposite. Right. That makes sense. And especially right now, I think book talk does have such a huge influence on romance and especially more on like the spicier side of romance so like we saw it with ruby dixon where in a matter of like a week she went to number one on the amazon bestseller and now she has a deal with berkeley we saw it with this stupid minotaur book (laughs) and i will continually reference because it is just i need to force my pain on other people and then we saw it with the kraken book and now we're going back to tessa bailey and it's this is all within a matter of like two months that all of this has gone on
2: it moves
1: fast yeah so is there as a bookseller as somebody who's kind of like has all this romance cred is there an easy way that you kind of keep your finger on the pulse of all this happening so you can respond to it keep an eye on it
2: um yeah not having a life I mean (laughs) sounds familiar yeah just being honest here um (laughs) and also no I mean there's plenty that I miss um You know, I definitely go through phases. I've kind of been off Twitter for the summer because it was just, it was not a happy place to be. And I was like, I'd rather be on Instagram and TikTok. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of been over there lately. So I've like missed some Twitter things. Truly the funniest thing in the world was my dad was like, what's going on at RWA? And I was like, I don't know what's (laughs) going on at RWA. And he was like, they did something bad again, yeah, and yeah. I literally <laughs> didn't know because I hadn't been on Twitter. And my father told me he's like, "I saw it." He tries to keep up on things. I, <laughs> I love
1: um, it. So,
2: okay. So, basically, the nice thing is our customers kind of take care of it for me. So I talk to people all day um, about what they're reading, what they're excited about, what they are looking forward to. Um, so that you know, is hugely helpful and something most people don't really have. I mean, you to talk to people online or whatever, but, um, yeah, I mean, I talk to people and, you know, I especially want to know like what they're excited about, you know, like, an, you know, they like, blah, 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 just announced their next book and it looks so cool. Um, et cetera. Um, we obviously, um, get sent a lot of the stuff that's coming out, um, which is one of the only perks of the job, which is fun. Awesome. Um, and, you know, talk to publishers and they tell us, um, we're like, it, we are two seasons ahead. Um, so they're like doing winter catalogs now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys are familiar, um, of, you know, what's going to be coming out. And of course we can't 100% predict it, but at this point I would say I'm pretty good at it. I can look at it and be like, oh, that's going to be successful. Yeah. Look at that one and be like, no, that's not, no one's going to read that. Um, <laughs> and, um, social media, obviously, um, again, that, that ebbs and flows depending on how much time I have. Um, and, uh, my staff is all young, cool people. Um, so they, they tell me things, um, and they, uh, they show me things that they've seen, um, on, again, on various social media platforms. Um, but I, yeah, so I would say it's like, but it's mainly talking to people, um and hearing what people liked and what they're excited about.
0: It's fun too, because I mean, obviously you're a romance only bookstore and something that I kind of get jealous of as, a public librarian is being able to be in that niche community because yeah. as librarians, we, of course, we have to order across the spectrum. So like I'll look, so I order off a holds list. People will put requests in through our online catalog and I'll order based on like how many holds are on a subject. James Patterson is obviously, unfortunately at the very top of the list all the time. Um, where areas romance often because there are newer authors, or there are these different trends that people aren't aware of. If it's not Daniel Steeler, Steeler, Nora Roberts, it's mm-hmm. not going to be on the list. Not that those aren't good authors, but so I kind of get jealous that you can be surrounded all day, every day, by people who are as excited of the romance community, whereas we are like James Patterson stands surrounding <sighs> us.
2: Yeah, it is. It is nice. I I won't lie. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we. And we, and we get, you know, that's the, we get so niche and we look, you know, we look at every single romance that a publisher is putting out as opposed to, you know just the, you know, top five, Mm -hmm. um, you know, most popular, exactly like, you know, Steele and Roberts. Um, And that's sort of, and that's oftentimes how we find um, gems.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I had a question and now I don't remember it, of course. (laughs) Go figure! Oh, I know what it was going to be. Have you guys faced any community backlash for the bookstore? Eh, not really. Okay. I mean,
2: I, sure, but who cares? Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> um, Don't at give this him point, is my attitude. Um, no, I mean, when we were open, when we first opened, I think people were like, "What is this?" Um, and um, but you know, at this point, like you know, we, not to toot our own horn, but we are, you know, a community uh, institution. I don't know, five and a half years seems like a long time. So, yeah. um, no, everybody's used to us by now. Um, <laughs> so, and, you know, no. I, if we were trying to open in a small town in a conservative area, sure. <laughs> um, we were like, we are bringing the smudge to you. <laughs> yes, we um,
1: can use some of it.
2: But... <laughs> Uh, no, you know, in, in LA, nobody cares. There are way weirder people than us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'm jealous of that too, compared <laughs> to Syracuse, New York. <laughs> um, so in regards to the current state of Romancelandia, and this is a very broad question, what is your current take of the community as a whole? And it can be related to anything, I know that is like the biggest question. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Do you have, so if we take what happened with RWA, if we take what happened last year with like, you got paid how much or um, was it author gate? Was that what, what it was called? Are you talking about publishing paid me? Publi- yeah. Publishing yeah. paid me. Thank you. Um, in regards to how we've moved forward from those kind of scandals. Do you think romance has done a good job in that sense? No. Okay. Mm. We agree. <laughs>
2: Sorry. Um listen, I I'm going to try we're going to be somewhat positive. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to put somewhat of a positive spin on it, but I'm also going to be honest. Um the romance community is so freaking enormous mm-hmm. and unwieldy that it's impossible to say anything, def- you know, about it because that's like a bazillion people right. in general and this is gonna this is like this is true about everything there are great pockets of the community and there are fucking shitty ones yeah. um are there fucking shitty racist homophobic people yeah can we get rid of them no <laughs> can we starve them of air and ignore them sure that's what we do. (laughs) Um, There are huge portions of the romance community that we literally never interact with. Um, You know, no shade to people who only want to read Christian romance, but I'm not a Christian. Um, I don't know anything about it. It's not what I want to read. I don't feel welcome there. So that's for other people. Um, I don't have a problem with other people going off and enjoying it. I do have a problem with those people coming and saying, well, we don't approve of the books that you like, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, you go read your book. I'll go read my book. Like, why do we have to
0: everyone go be happy alone? (laughs) That happened just the other day in the library to me, actually.
2: Yeah. So, right. The problem comes when you want to go yell at the people over in the other town like who are reading something totally different that you have a problem with. So I'm starting to ramble, but yes, we can do so much better. But I do think at a certain point, you get, people tend to get stuck in this cycle and it's like the people who are being shitty are always the same people, just Mm -hmm. ignore them. Like you are never going to get rid of them. And- You're by continuing to give them airtime, you're sort of emboldening their cause. Obviously, there are exceptions to that. Let's like, you have to stand up to racism. Let's not mince words here, right? However, um, there is a benefit to finding your people and then being happy with them, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yes, we could do so much better, yes. It's huge and unwieldy. And, you know, I think it gets complicated. There's a big difference between a community of readers and a community of authors and a community of publishers. And you have Mm -hmm. to consider Mm -hmm. existing power structures and who has the power to do what. And I think readers often get caught up in cycles and vacuums and not actually focusing on the people who have power. Mm-hmm. um which is usually the publishers um so i will stop random rambling do you have any follow-up questions
1: No, that's okay. i think a lot of that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. i didn't see it as too much of a ramble and i think that's a really good point that there are these communities of writers readers publishers that maybe there's not enough interaction maybe it's just like publishing feels like such a massive beast. My God! And like, once you've got the book in your hand, you don't really think about the process that got it there. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel so far removed from it. It's only, I only know a little bit just because of the librarianship. I mean, if I was doing a norm, like anything else. It's
0: so, so I'm someone who's starting to go through the publishing process or trying to go through the publishing process for myself. Um, Basically at this point, I'm like, I'm just going to hope for pitch wars and hope for the best. Right. And it's, it is so crazy, crazily divested from the readership to the publishing house that I don't think your generic reader ever realizes what the publishers are doing, what they're saying, which is why I, I think publishers really are so that. great.
2: I really yeah. agree with that. And I think, I mean, listen, there are plenty of conversations we do not wade into. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Because we, and because, and I, this is a big difference from, um, you know, people who do this as a hobby for which that's most people, again, I'm not shading you, but you have to understand we got a lot of shit to do because we do this as a profession. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, the point being, yes I see a lot of conversations happening between readers and bloggers and those kind of people um that are just lacking that institutional knowledge Mm -hmm. and sometimes people will give it to them um but I didn't know jack shit about how publishing works I was just a reader like I have no I still I don't have any experience in publishing only from the buying side um there's a lot of shady shit. And, um, I would literally never work at a publisher in 1 million years. You could pay me much, much money. And okay, that's not true. Sure. Give me $5 million. I'll work at your publisher. (laughs) Um, I do have a price. I do have a price. It Um, has been named. (laughs) Sure. Let's call it that. Uh, but and I, let's be clear. I pretty much specifically mean the big five right now or four Correct. or three or whatever fuck number we're on. Sorry. I should have asked an hour ago. Am I all right. allowed to swear. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> okay. Um, The, ever the institutional, everything, everything is so institutionalized and so bureaucratic. And there's so many layers of bullshit and people, every decision has to be approved by the person above you and the person above them and blah, blah, blah. And I would literally go crazy. And they do things that way for no other reason than that's the way it's always been done. Right. Not because it serves anybody well, or is a good idea. It just, that's the way it's been done. All right. We can stop shitting on publishers now.
0: No, it's okay. I do have one final point of the sure. shitting on publishers is What you briefly talked about in IndiePub, how we do have such a plethora of everything that's out there. And it's not easy to get into, but it's easier to get into with traditional publishing. It's how many manuscripts, how many pitches, how many things are submitted to these publishers. And it's like one in what, 10,000 is selected or something like that is the current statistic. How many good romance books, representative romance books, diverse romance books are out there? And they're not getting selected because the agent had a bad day and they didn't like the query letter or the publisher above the agent was like, nah, I'm good with that. So it's a lot of gatekeeping, I think has to change in the romance community.
1: Or
2: how about we already have our gay book for the year. Try again next year. Yeah. You get get one. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Sorry. We already have our black book.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Try again. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of change that has to happen, that's for sure. Yeah. But okay, on a more positive note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. What's up? <laughs> um, last but not least, let's talk about TikTok. Because okay. I want to. I love okay. it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Jen is not on social medias. Aww. I have good reads. That's enough. Okay. Do you yeah, that's, live. I that's fine. I, I, I in like put you're her probably into the a home.
2: healthier person than the two of us. <laughs> you have you probably like get fresh air.
1: No. Uh, I, I do that. I do walk a lot. <laughs> she does. She does walk. I, do. I don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, so I'm on book talk. You are on book talk. Um, and it honestly has been one of the like Jen, I'm sorry, but the book talk community has been one of the most fun communities for romance I have been in in a very long time. And it's It's just really fun. I think
2: here's the thing I think for a long time, everyone felt like because nobody took us seriously, we had to take it super Mm. seriously. And everything had to be serious all the time because nobody takes us seriously. So we have to prove that we're serious totally get that I still feel that way sometimes but also we they're fucking minotaurs on an alien planet it's funny (laughs) it's funny it is and dragons Mm -hmm. and it's (laughs) fun it's fun to make fun of ourselves and have fun and acknowledge the ridiculousness of the Mm -hmm. triplets in the pumpkin costumes (laughs) um and that, does, you're, that doesn't mean that you are dissing even the book just because the cover is silly. Maybe you really like the book. It's just, I, I, I really think it brings back a sense of fun.
1: That's yeah, because right. yeah, we do it with love. We don't necessarily look down on it like a Nicholas Sparks might. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, but I just, I like the sense of fun that it brings yeah. to the yeah and especially for me because i think and you know basically any anybody who calls me up and what and interviews me is like here's the serious romance person they've made their bit they're running a successful business and i'm like <laughs> yeah sure but it's also fun to like dance around and you know like mouth along to like the Cow noise—that's our most successful one, which our dad thought was hilarious—is like the one that's like about cows.
0: Oh. um like there's it's a cow, a cow farm. There's gonna be a cow outside, yeah. yeah. And they're like, "There's a cow farm."
2: Um, like it's fun. Um, it's just it's a fun outlet. Um, and I enjoy. It. Mm-hmm.
1: Also, also, to be clear,
2: we get approximately 10 people a week who say, I saw you on TikTok and came into the store. Like, it works Mm -hmm. as a marketing tactic. (laughs) It's fun, but it's also good for my business. Um, And especially, especially teenagers or, or mm-hmm. young people mm-hmm. um, who are literally like, we saw you on TikTok. It looked fun. Here we are. Oh, nice. It. And it's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And, it's and, you know, they have such an enthusiasm. Um, they're not jaded yet. <laughs> um, they might get there, but um, so it's wonderful. And I, not to get into too <laughs> darkness again i actually feel like um romance has a real problem with ageism mm-hmm. uh, in not in one direction in that it can often be quite hostile to young people um and young people are what we need mm-hmm. to survive <laughs> um so i get excited when we see young people and can give them um a nice introduction um into and hopefully you know welcome them into the genre as opposed to
0: like mean old ladies being like "Go away!" <laughs> I want my Beverly Lewis and that is it so what is the book that you would give a teenager who came in for their first romance book I can Ooh, think of one a, I would that's, give. A, that's a good one I mean okay there's like a million <laughs> I, I, we do tend to do like
2: a little mini interview with people if they're open to it and they usually are um just to kind of like see what they like you know if because, and this, we, we know that you only get one first shot and if they don't like it, mm-hmm. they may never pick up a romance again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of like, okay, we really need to do so. And re- remembering those big categories I mentioned, if someone's like, history is my least favorite class, you're not <laughs> going to give them a historical romance novel. Right. Like be like, what? I hate this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas if they're like, Twilight is my favorite movie. <laughs> You, you know you're gonna go to that section so mm-hmm. with that being said most people I start with contemporary because I just think it's more accessible Yeah. No. um there's not like a whole other world you need to learn and customs and all this crazy stuff obviously if people are into that you know great but if it's truly you know if the idea is like person wandering off the street generally it's going to be contemporary so mm-hmm. I would say go-to's are Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. Mm-hmm. The Kiss Quotient yes. by Helen Wong. that yes. one. Um, and I'll limit myself to one more. Otherwise, I'll go on forever. I'm truly scanning the shelves in my mind. Um, lately, I've been loving The Roommate by Rosie Dannon. Oh, okay. I think young, young people in particular would love that one because it's super sex positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in LA. So LA people like that. Um, so I'm, and I always want to start someone with the best representation of what I think the genre can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the kiss quotient is a great example of that. Yeah, like, love it. This is us at our best. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And not every book is going to be as good as this. <laughs> um, but, and if you, you know, if you're interested in going back and, you know, reading some of more of the classics and stuff later, great. But I want to start you off with what I believe is this is our best and brightest. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, I could keep going, but. (laughs) (laughs) Those are great
0: examples. I love love Talia Mm -hmm. Hebert.
2: Yeah. She, she's super accessible Um, there. There's nothing crazy going on. It's like they're regular people living regular lives and And they're interesting. They're funny interesting. They have all kinds of, right. They have super interesting lives. But it's not like, and here come the aliens, and here come the, <laughs> like, Victorian princes, mm-hmm. and you have to understand how yeah. regency society works, blah, blah, blah. It's like blah. the advanced levels. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Right. It's a AP. super, <laughs> super entry level, mm-hmm. not that you can't enjoy it if you've read 500 romance novels, oh, yeah. but you don't have to know anything. Um, so it's, yeah, great for great for newbies um and obviously that answer would be different if somebody wanted queer books um although actually (laughs) two out of the three i can't remember it's been a while i know book two of the talia hibbert series it's mf but she is bisexual she is a
0: bisexual witch she is
2: amazing and then possibly the guy in the roommate is but i don't remember Um, it's been a while anyway, but so the answer would be different if you wanted, um, not MF couples,
1: um, all right. Mm
2: And
0: thank you. All right. So I have one last very important, very difficult question for you. Are you ready? Yeah. As long as it's not, what's your favorite book? (laughs) What are you reading
2: right now? Okay. That's fine. (laughs) That's fine what is your favorite book is the worst question in the world. Oh my God. That's like nightmare question. Mm -hmm. I bought, I, I I opened a business so that I could put them all (laughs) in one place and give them to you. (laughs) Um, okay. No, that is totally acceptable answer. Um, I just literally finished this morning. So I feel like it still counts. Um, which please by Anne Aguirre Aguirre. I'm not sure how to say her last name. Um, it's uh, it's pretty, I think it comes out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when this mm-hmm. September 7th, I'll say so it may, it's probably already out by the time you're hearing this. Um, I loved it. Oh god, I love witches and I feel like there've really been a dearth of witch books lately. And there's a couple new ones this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was great. The cover makes it look a little more cotton candy than it is. Mm-hmm. It's not dark or anything. Um, it's sort of like, you know, practical magic vibes. Um, but I thought it was incredibly charming. Um, but with like great heart, really, I really enjoyed it really entertaining. Yay. Um, and then tonight I'm starting, I brought home from the bookstore. Um, so I can't vouch for it yet. Cause I haven't even opened it. Um, <laughs> my new Sierra Simone, um, called Saint. Uh, which is a follow-up to Sinner. Um, oh, okay. Different characters. I think it's one of the brothers. I'm so. pretty sure it's MM, but literally I haven't even opened it yet. <laughs> um, and I think it also comes out on the 7th. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, the copies came in today. So I was like, I will take Thank
1: you. Man. Um, you can come home with me. <laughs>
2: um, yeah.
1: So the, that's what I'm reading. Um, awesome.
2: All right. Thank you. We're
1: going to have to go check those
2: out yeah would highly recommend wish please really enjoyed it the other one i haven't read yet so Mm -hmm. you can ask me in a week and i'll tell you or maybe (laughs) tomorrow um depending on how late i stay up tonight (laughs) uh it's not that late here so i'll be you know i'll be up for a few hours
0: um but i will let you know uh all right and then if you could please just give us where people can find you online in your social media
2: great a lot of places okay
0: (laughs) We're pretty much the rip
2: bodice everywhere. So we, we try to make it easy to find. So the full, our full website is the rip We are the Rip bodice on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, Mike, what else is there? Um, yeah. I mean, and everything is on our website. All, all of those are linked on our website. You can sign up for our newsletter there. You can find out about virtual events. All of our events mm-hmm. are virtual right now. So no matter where you live, you can come to them all, mm-hmm. um, which is the only good part of this pandemic. Um, uh, you can also check out our Romance of the Month Club. Um, so if you want to just get two romance novels delivered to your door every month, um, chosen by people who like romance novels um, we have a club um, called read romance repeat get it it repeats every month mm-hmm. um and um yeah find us find us somewhere on the internet um we'd love to say hello
1: awesome thank you so much this has been so yeah. much fun i'm really
0: glad that we got a chance to talk to you today
1: thank you I really having- appreciate your time it was so nice.
0: yes and thank you guys for listening in Um, obviously we had a lot of fun with Leah tonight today whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this and you can always email Jen and I at RagingRomantics at gmail.com find Leah and B at RippedBodiceLA.com and I will always make sure to put the links in the show notes and any books that we talked about tonight I will make sure to put links to the bookstore so that you can support an awesome cause at the same time there we go all right with that being said leah again thank you so much and maybe we can get to talk to you again in the future that would be great thank you guys this was really fun oh good thank you and jen what do we always say rage on bye guys